This podcast is sponsored by puremtgo.com. Head over there for awesome articles about Commander, Standard, and Legacy, even some from my buddy Chesh. Check it out. Welcome, we are Commander Crunch, we are here for, what are we here for? Uh, we're talking to JR from Spell Table today, uh, super stoked, another uh, awesome, I was going to say tasty guest, sorry, sorry. Well JR. that's that's why yeah, I was dropping guest. that in, because I thought you were going to go in with the tasty treats, but... Uh... We are, we are, there's, um, <laughs> yeah... <laughs> Sorry, we're losing it, man. Um, but no, it's as we always say, it's uh, it's, it's back for another week of um, a nutritious serving of tasty commander treats brought to you on the regular, uh, including the, the the people, the creativity, the culture uh, of commander that we absolutely love, and then uh, the side serving of entertainment and pop culture discussions for ancillary influences that we're into. Which spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure is going to be basketball this week. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Um, but yeah, so I'm Sam and uh, joined with Chesh as always and also JR. Welcome, JR. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, man. That's awesome. Um, so you are from, of course, Spell Table. Um, you're co founder, I believe. Uh, also, I'm assuming a massive commander nerd. Um, and I mean, many other things that we'll definitely get into. But uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about Spelltable, first of all. Yeah, so Spelltable is an app that um, my friend Adam and I made uh, actually way back in January. We built it because our playgroup moved to different states and we still wanted to play. Um, and we tried with Zoom and Hangouts and it just wasn't a very good experience. And so we decided to fix it and then do a better and, job, yeah. Yeah, and then the pandemic happened, and so we decided that maybe other people wanted to use this too. So we kind of released it uh, to the public in April, and it's grown a whole lot since then. So um, it's done yeah. incredibly. Yeah, and as as I said, it's uh, like I kind of said before when we were talking, it was like I I saw Spell Table as almost a uh, a holy figure just turn up at the right time. It's like, hey, here's this. You know, we all need this thing right now, and I think many of us were in the pits of. Uh, despair of, of reality and just going, what are we actually doing? We're not getting our paper commander in anymore. And, you know, realizing as well how much that means to us personally, whether we realized it earlier or not, that, you know, having that social interaction, playing paper magic, basically, like it's, I've been playing arena, it doesn't kind of tick that, you know, you always, it, it's, it's about people at the end of the day. So um, that was incredible that the timing you could never have predicted or anything, but um, yeah, it's, something such a, a product to show up um or just a basically a service essentially like you know that serves everyone and um you know and so well and and so considerate to the user and such an easy you know user interface and everything and it's like wow this is exactly what we need to do um like i've got a few friends that have played some webcam commander just interstate that kind of thing since maybe you know mid last year and there's there's always a couple of issues that they're like oh it's never that great but it's it's pretty amazing that you guys it's a, there's two people have, have figured out a lot of the kinks and, and what actually makes that the, um, you know, work for people essentially. And uh, what else, what I was going to ask anyway. So background, I'm, I'm assuming you either one of you or both are developers then. Yeah. Adam and I actually uh, met at a company called Envision where we worked on graphic design software. 
No um, way. I use Envision every day. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we haven't even had this chat yet. <laughs> bloody graphic designers. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I knew Spelltable had to come from a place of like, these guys know what the flip they're doing. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, well. Yeah. Yep. So I, I actually, uh, Adam and I built Envision Studio, which is like some graphic design software. Um, and yeah, that was a lot of fun. And Adam got me into Commander because I had played way back in like Ice Age and Revised. And then I yep. just hadn't, I hadn't played since. And then around 2017, I picked up uh, that Mizzix deck. Uh, and yeah. Oh, that was, was a just, joy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sad I took it apart. It was, that was a lot of fun. I might rebuild it. Um, yeah. I mean, I wanted to get into that later anyway. I'd lo- love to ask like what, uh, what Commander decks people tend to still have eternally, you know, uh, through all the changes and everything. But yeah, wow. Far out in vision. That's, um, we, we can let, we can answer a new level of nerdism now actually like that's and, and, and kind of appreciation chess should be like whatever what, what's going on here but yeah it's uh i i'm a graphic designer and uh do a lot of digital and yeah proof essentially my websites and everything on envision every day and my, my wife's a digital designer as well so yeah she'll be chuffed it's like hey, these are the people we get to talk to on uh commander crunch it's amazing yeah it's <laughs> cool Very and cool. and well, I always say too, it's a, it's a funny one, but uh, her digital agency she works for is just, um, I mean, a lot more digital focus. I'm more of a branding agency and I'm kind of sitting there fighting for digital every single day and a lot of people are just like, oh, I just make website essentially. And um, I mean, today Kate's actually doing a, a UX course um, kind of via Zoom, which is super cool. But I always say her, uh, her company culture she has being just a really, really awesome digital place. It's like they're just generally my favorite people. They're just great nerds, like you know, and they're generally uh, interested in interesting things and have great conversations. And um, so, no, that's that's super exciting. So, um, do you do you still uh, do you guys still work at Envision? No, we've both moved on. Um, so I work in, now in like a data, data analytics tool, which yep. is not quite as exciting. And uh, Adam has moved on to a secret project of his own. Ah, yes, we can't discuss. We'll yeah, watch this space essentially. But um, yeah, amazing. So how much work was it to um, to kind of get Spelltable going? Uh, it was quite a bit initially. Um, there's been different parts that have been, you know, different amounts of work. It, to get like the very first version scraped together wasn't too much work. And I don't, I don't know how to quantify it exactly. I, I didn't like track mm. my, my hours, but I, I'd say... You know, just working on nights and weekends, you know, um, probably you know, about three months until we were able to kind of like push something out to the public and then working nights and weekends ever since then. So, yeah, like six months total, maybe. Yeah, well, seven, and I can I can tell it's been a bit of a, uh, a passion project anyway. And I mean, the, the way you guys carry yourselves anyway and, you know, um, socially and you've been involved in, I mean, uh, Cheshire's had a bit of a... A nice showcase uh, command of the distancing episode um, with you guys as well, uh, but which I mean, might I just point out, uh, command of the distancing is uh, solely now via spell table because well, that's that's what I was about to point out actually. Yeah, I was you, waiting to the point very that reason before. it exists in the way you know, like which is which is quite amazing. Yeah, so, um, so like yeah. the pandemic hit, uh, wiped out what we were doing because we were doing it all in paper. Um, literal physical, you know, traveling an hour and a half out to my co-host's house so that we could, you know, stream live. 
Um, but now, thankfully, we have spell tables, so I can get all sorts of like really, really cool guests, like Brandon from Booster Tutor, and actually have Aaron Campbell coming on this week. So you know, uh, it's opened so many doors for us here in Australia, um, mm. so that we can play Commander with people overseas, uh, including, of course, JR, who you know was on a recent episode that Caitlin's apparently still cutting together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I, uh, as I said, I wanted to check that one out, but of course, not not there just yet. Um, what did uh, I mean? Let's get into the nitty gritty of it. Um, what did you play in that that game, Jr.? Uh, was that the one I did? I, I was on a couple. I think I did two lane on that one. Yeah, that was two lane. Yeah. Yeah. So I played a. The, it's basically the brawl deck, and then like whatever good green cards I I happen mm-hmm. to have. Yeah, it's not a good feeling. Like, I had like a really good turn, right as I was about to die. But I did path. I think I'd used path to exile to save myself into second. You place. did, yeah. So I love um, that. Yeah, and the then inversion I came of back a removal spell. I keyword souped everyone to death. Yeah. Oh, that's that deck. Oh, <laughs> spicy man. <laughs> that's great. But um, yeah, I mean, so as I said, what a time to release such a um, uh, a system essentially. But it's it's been, from what I can tell, it's you know everyone's just been over the moon because of quite a few people like i say were playing uh you know webcam commander before and and i've even introduced a few it was like well check out this and they're like whoa this is like the system just answers every one of our issues and questions that we've needed to and you know just seamless that kind of thing and uh and i I think also that you now you just keep updating it as well like you're monitoring what's going on and, and seeing what's happening and as a result i guess have you your finger on the pulse of what's kind of happening around the world in Commander, which is really interesting. And, you know, I guess, you know, uh, I'm not sure uh, whether you went out, you know, kind of looking for that as your role in the community, but you've kind of found that, which, you know, I'm guessing you must have all kinds of statistics on who you're using and that kind of thing. And um, what does it actually look like location-wise, do you know? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. I mean, we don't, collect that much statistics and like mm. all the game game data is actually cleaned up every eight to 12 hours, I think. Oh, cool, um, cool. But we do have some like general statistics and we've, we've seen a lot more international usage than I had ever expected to see. Mm. Um, I wasn't really too, I think I knew they made magic cards in different languages, but I wasn't super aware of how big it was, especially in like um, South America and Brazil and all sorts of places in South America um, and Germany and like, uh, Australia, of course. So it's it's really <laughs> cool. Oh, and Japan is, is huge too. So yeah, it's oh, really wow. cool seeing yeah, nice. it used all over the world. Um, definitely blows me away when I look at just how much usage it gets. Like, there's never not like three or four hundred people playing at a given time, uh, which is like any time of day. It's just crazy to me. Far out. And does that have to run through? Uh, do you guys have to run up um, set up servers for that kind of thing as well? Yeah, that's like a it's a bit of a complicated subject. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we have like two two different modes. We have like a beta that has like a hosted server, um, mm-hmm. and then we have um, our production, which is currently it's peer to peer. So like when you play with somebody, you're connecting directly to them, and that has advantages, but it also has a lot of disadvantages. Mm. Um, the main disadvantage being that if you're playing multiplayer, you have to upload your video stream to everyone you're playing with three times mm. if you're playing with three other people. Um, so that can be quite a burden on bandwidth. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Australia is not the greatest for uh, for that. But, I mean, 
truth be told, I don't actually know which uh, mode we're running, Chesh, but um, performance has been really, really decent. And um, even it's little things like I know a lot of people have said they've tried to do webcam commands before, whether it's the systems they're using, but, you know, um, it wasn't as reactive on, say, using your phone on uh, what would be before Zoom or, you know, Google Hangouts or something like that or Skype even, you know, like, um, but it's, I think, you know, you have a great tech background, so you've, you've kind of been able to best op- optimize that. And I think also the important thing, it's, it's how you're showcasing now how people are using it, which is like super exciting and people are really excited to, to go out and, you know, get their setups going and improve them. But at the same time, you're sitting there going, well, look, some people can do it with a cardboard box over their commander play space and a phone, and that's pretty darn good. And it still works really well, which is really impressive. Yeah, um, we have gonna... a we have a policy that if you tweet us a setup, like a picture of your setup, we're definitely going to retweet it. And we've seen a lot of really cool setups that way. I love it. How good is the one the other day with like, the LED uh, lights kind of uh, framing the, the play mat? That one was, was pretty darn cool. And that's what Chesh said. He got some LED lights in yesterday. I'm like, oh, are you going to do the play mat thing? And he's like, what? What do you mean? I was like, you got to check this out. It's amazing. But um, that, we've... that was cool, yeah. Love it. I've seen some people like rig up even you go to the hardware store and get some um, kind of PVC pipe and like you, you frame up even just a little rig for, you know, whether it's your phone, your camera, whatever, and some lights. Um, I'm still, I've done one, I think when I played, I had a camera tripod with my little Logitech thing on the top and it was, it looked a bit dodgy, but it's like the execute, like what came out the other side, the footage and everything was perfectly fine. It was awesome. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think everyone's MacGyvering a few things together and like, oh, it's actually, it's not very hard to do at all. So, um, yeah, I'm actually going to give the cardboard box one a go probably even tonight and see if Chesh and, you know, even yourself if you're free at some stage to um, uh, give a, you know, have a couple of games for sure. But, uh, yeah, the, the thing I love that Chesh kind of touched on was that it's it's also, I've seen so much more connection and exponential growth with say Cheshire's kind of connections based on you've got something now to you know really easily just jump online and go you know reach out to even really established creators and go let's let's just kind of jam some commander and you know like the the quality of people that have been on Cheshire's show has been amazing and you know and now consequently we're, we're doing this podcast again and or um, kind of fired it up and been able to talk to some amazing people. Like I know Jason Alt was talking about how much he loves, like that's his, his jam now, like magic on webcam uh, using spell tables, essentially like that's his favorite thing. Like he can, you can do so much and he kind of, he talked about it as a product, you know, he loves that side of magic. Whereas it's, it's even more now than what he was playing at home with his friends. Like it was, you're, you're kind of, you're showing your personality in there and everyone gets to see everything essentially. So yeah, kudos for making spell table. You've kind of, you know, been a, been a godsend, like I say at, at this time. So, um, what's, uh, what's, what's the, the future plans, um, on the horizon, if anything, um, like looking ahead. Uh, we have feature list a mile long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so right now it's mostly the, the plan is to get more time and resources to kind of build up those features. Yep. Um, but, but yeah, you name it, we've got plans for it. I, I think the ultimate goal where I'd love to be in like six months time is to have full board state tracking. Yep. Meaning that you put a card down and you don't have to click on it and other users can 
put their mouse over it if they want to to see the card and you could attach counters to it and we'll just follow the card around the screen um, that kind of like adding contents context to your your board so that other people can see it without having to really interact with the computer yeah um, that I think would be a very magical no no pun intended uh, experience <laughs> definitely um, so pun intended yeah but there's a lot of little features too that we definitely um, have on the list one that's requested quite frequently is like a fifth player support and spectator support so those are mm. two things um, that we are definitely working on definitely now that'd be really good um i was gonna say too i'm into the nitty-gritty of it but um the i imagine what what's the 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 card kind of recognition um or software or api uh that it uses is that like that's a pre-existing one or does that does that run off wizard system no it's it's forked from uh, you know we customized uh some open source software um oh, cool. and then it's uh just actually running in your browser so when you connect to spell table it downloads a database of twenty thousand card image hashes mm. um is actually not that big believe it or not um, and then when you do when you click on it it just snips out a little rectangle around where you clicked on your mouse and takes that and identifies the rectangle and then it searches it does a generates a hash from it converts it to grayscale and then quickly searches through all twenty thousand cards until it finds one with a score high enough like a wow. different score I- the grayscale thing is super fascinating, actually. So it essentially like thresholds it and just like, what does this most look like, essentially? Oh, that's that's wild. And then, of course, you've got the, I mean, inevitably things like that are always going to have a sometimes a bit of a fun time dealing with foils or different lighting and that kind of thing. But Look, it's um, a planes. That's not a planes. Look, it's a planes. <laughs> that's not a planes. Mine, oh, my favorite is Old Man of the Sea. It's like, well, he's not an old man of the sea, but I'll, I'll have it. That's like a $400 card. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think the older cards show up first in the database. And so yep. we set the threshold like a little bit lower in terms of like the scoring, just so that it wouldn't get stuck searching forever. Um mm. So it tends to pick up those older cards kind of first, but um, that's something we're definitely working on optimizing. And there's also like a ton of options that we could provide to the users mm-hmm. uh, to make it work better. And then there's also like de-skewing, for instance, like if you're, that's like if your camera's at a weird angle or something. Yeah. Yeah. You're the, kind of like camera correcting yeah. it in a way. Yeah. 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 Weird. So uh, I was going to ask anyway, like completely, uh, you know, back to, almost the envision uh, and, and what you guys do as well. But so you have, I mean, development, of course, background, but working a lot in the graphic design space then. And I, lo- I think that's the, the element of spell table I love as well. It's like, you guys have really considered UI. You've, it's just an appealing product as well. It's like, you know, I think you, you know what visuals are, you know, which is amazing. So um, yeah. So is, is, is a lot of your background in graphic design as well? Not me. I mean, I worked for Envision, so there's that. Yeah. And and I know what looks good, but I don't know mm-hmm. how to make things look good, uh, which is why I'm very grateful for Adam. And Ad- Adam is responsible for most of the UI and UX. Um, and a lot of it just came from trying different things because... Yeah, true. Um, like if you, if you ever went on um, virtualedh.com, which was our previous name for Spelltable, like when it first launched... Um, it was completely different and it, there was no four corner view and there was, there wasn't a lot of the stuff that's there now. And there was like weird circles to track damage and, uh, it's just improved a lot since then just from trial and error really. 
Mm. And it, I think, I mean, it goes to show, like I said before, like what, what happens when you can tell it's just like you guys are working on it because you want to essentially and, and keep improving it that way, essentially, not not because someone's telling you to. And that really comes through, which is amazing. Um, what I want to talk about as well now, um, basically you said before, like, uh, I mean, getting into Commander was, you say, 2016 maybe. Um, so, if, I mean almost like me fairly recent but um yeah like what does what does commander mean fit to you personally and and how's that changed now having a platform like this and especially like i guess you'll be more connected than ever now yeah it's kind of funny because out of until very recently i haven't actually been able to play at all I've just it's been too busy um so i i haven't played a lot since april maybe um before april really and it's great to be able to get on a couple games a week now and play. I haven't updated any of my decks with any new cards yet. But um, yeah, for me, Commander is just, it's very social and more mm. ca- casual. It's, I'm not super competitive. Um, so I, I don't tend to make like competitive decks. I tend to just try and do fun things. Yes. Speaking to our souls now, <laughs> that's kind of it. I've always found, I mean, one of the first uh, appeals for Commander is just like, this feels like a board game version of the game I just learned to play. You know, you, you learn to play one-on-one, maybe go to a draft or something, you see what they're, they're playing at the store. And it's like that competitive aspect is fun, but, you know, we, we keep going back to Commander because it is social essentially and, and that's what we're missing out on now. So um, what I was going to touch on as well. So have... Have Wizards of the Coast been in touch at all with anything, you know, their comments on, on the system and, and maybe even what they've what you've done kind of for the game? Because I mean, no short part. It's it's kind of really changed this this you know, these strange times for sure. Well, it was actually kind of how we got our our initial success was um, uh, we were on the Play ADH Discord and then uh, Gavin Very released an article about playing webcam commander but he didn't mention us because he didn't know about us at the time mm. he did mention play adh which was just starting to pick us up and they actually played a game on twitch uh with gavin and he used at the time it was virtual adh it wasn't even spell table yep um and that was kind of where things started to get real and um so i reached out to gavin and we had a chat and he um he got us in touch with uh channel fireball so we got to do that that's how the command fest came about the first command fest. I love it. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was really great. It was, um, and, and it all happened so fast. So <laughs> yeah. Well, but, blew up uh, other than that, not a, not a whole lot of like direct. I, I've heard a lot of people at wizards use it, which is really cool. So yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, I think you've, you've definitely cemented yourselves in, in, you know, our future. And I mean, I love, I love, like I say, to, to look forward a little bit, but, at the same time, recent events has taught us we can't know too much. It's all speculative anyway, like in the world, in magic, whatever. But, you know, knowing that where digital plays a place, uh, you know, in, in magic, which is essentially a, you know, I mean, for years I just played video games and then later in my life I realized that, like, it's, it's more fun to play a physical game. Where does that sit in the future? Essentially, you know, like Magic's endured all kinds of storms, and they're finding a, a future now with you know paper is really really important. They keep saying that and, and maintaining it, even though sometimes people have their doubts. Um, but 
I mean, most people I've spoke to go, well, yeah, arena is great and all, but it is, there's a fundamental part of magic missing, you know, and, and that can't be replaced. And I think they really, really do know that. So it's, it's up to systems. Yeah. Like spell table to keep that not alive because I don't think it's dying. It's, it's, it's more to let it flourish and, and really showcase it, especially right now. And, you know, I think despite everything, like we talked to Jason a couple of weeks ago, like all of a sudden some people are having the best fun commander of their lives. And that's, that's a really special thing to, to see the world, you know, and, and, using technology essentially to adapt and, you know, find kind of interesting roads in the future. So, yeah, I think it's looking really bright and I'm really excited to see, you know, the features list, like you say, expand um, and especially just seeing how people use it and, and you know, consi- uh, consistently kind of adapt. So, yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about, uh, you talked about Chulene before, any other decks like personally of your own uh, that you, you kind of, um, tend to run and, and uh, is there anything you've been putting together now that you've almost got this more of a platform now and you've got you know more people to play with that kind of thing lately i haven't brewed up anything lately um i've been playing the c20 decks because i got them and um yeah those are pretty fun and uh, i do have like um uh, probably about like five other decks that you know that i like to play uh number one would probably be norin the wary i, I really oh, like nice. my yeah, it's a lot of fun. The problem I have with it is card draw. Like it always, yeah, it's it does good. usually like one thing a game, and then it just fizzles out, and I can't draw cards to save my life. Um, I sound like then, an absolute amateur here, but uh, I mean, I always wonder. Like when I know people that have an Oran deck, usually they're an absolute like fan of it, and they they know like it's usually one to get foiled out or something and that kind of thing. But I actually have never dug up. What usually are you doing with an Oren deck? Because it's a it's a one drop essentially. Uh, does it kind of flicker itself? If I remember rightly, I'll have it in front of me. But yeah, so Norn itself flickers anytime a spell is cast or anytime something attacks, uh, which ah. means it's really hard to get rid of it because you can't get rid of it with a spell. So you pretty much have to get rid of it through an ability. Um, and even if you do, it's only one mana. So then it's only <laughs> yeah, exactly. three. Um, Just pesky. So. Yeah, I've played it up to like seven mana. Um, and then you usually just use like enter the battlefield effects, um, Panharmonicon combined with uh, Perforos or something like that. Oh, um, nice, nice. And then like uh, Sculpting Steel. You get those three things in the board, you're doing six damage uh, on every turn, just about. Oh, I love uh, it. So yeah, that's, and that's to everybody. So it's quite a, quite a hard thing to deal with until people do deal with it. Yeah, spicy. And I, I think it's one of those things. Um, uh, we're talking about some red light punishing cards the other day on Twitter. But yeah, I, I love, uh, I play Italian mono red and something like a sulfuric vortex, I always say one of my favorite cards because it just speeds up the game and expedites everyone's decisions because they're like, there's a new sense of urgency. Uh, you know, everyone's getting chipped for two every turn, even if it's yourself. But then if you've got a Noran effect or something, you're just gently chipping people away as well. Like all of a sudden you're, you know, 10 turn clock has gone to you know a few or something and everyone's like better better speed this up and can make it a lot of fun actually for sure but um yeah nice no, so i want to see this noran deck in uh, in action yeah it's it's uh mine's not that amazing you know but it's it's fun there's one card that i love to play that i don't play anymore on webcam which is confusion in the ranks and <laughs> i don't know if you've heard of this card but essentially you swap things 
as you play yeah, them. So you swap Norin, and then you always get Norin back. And yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and people hate it. Uh, I love it so much. It's not good on webcam, so I, I've <laughs> taken it out for now. Um, I know a few conversations have actually come up. I had a couple of ideas that, you know, when I was choosing a deck to play on Spell Table, oh, do I not go for the one that steals everyone's stuff? Um, you know, and I, I remember... I don't know if it was Gavin or someone else on Twitter said the same thing. They're like, oh, I can't really play this. Uh, oh, no, it was. It might have been Shivam. Uh, it said about Hipatra, like putting minus one counters on things. You know, it's a little bit harder when <laughs> someone else has to do it. I mean, what we found anyway was like we all had a notepad uh, in our game. I remember we played. And it's like as long as everyone can write something down, that's fine. And then we had uh, – I didn't even mean to do it, but I had – I can't remember what effect it was, but I ended up stealing some creatures when I was playing um, uh, Nathroi. And I was like, well – uh, or maybe Chesh stole mine. Anyway, basically, we kind of made a new zone on the you know the table that like this is someone else's creature zone type thing, and you, you kind of figure those things out organically. But I think it's really funny to think now what kind of cards would just be nigh unplayable because of dexterity, you know, and, and interaction issues. And I always think, it, I mean, isn't it funny? Red red has most of those <laughs> like i mean stealing creatures in blue that's fine but like the red ones i'm thinking about like goblin game or like you know even like a thieves option would just be like yeah please don't <laughs> be crazy I've, i find that most things are solvable using like and i don't know if you're of infinite tokens but they're just like dry erase tokens exactly yeah dry erase cards and like most cards you can or most things you can deal with with those and they're fun too um in terms of things like looking at other people's hands that can be tricky but we're actually we're going to work on some features for that too where you can kind of Ooh. turn turn off your screen for certain players yeah um, cool and that, that'll make that easier and then like deck list integrations you can search through people's libraries um oh yeah that's actually a great one because yeah i've yeah. got a few effects that i love to do that like you go and steal someone's artifact or something you know like that, a Thada Adel. actually yeah Thada Adel. that was the deck i was going to play <laughs> see that's <laughs> interesting but i'm personally i'm not going to go through the hassle of trying to <laughs> input my deck list even if it's pulling from tapped out yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say I mean, i'm too busy and i'm too lazy yeah true what There's if you just of... like threw your cards down and like spell table scanned them for you mm. yeah too much time that's, what, that's where i think that you know like that that has to be the near future anyway like you get something like um i've used one i've got a i've got a like over a thousand card edh cube and i started scan <laughs> i scanned it and it's like it only took a few hours um but you use is, <laughs> it only is, took a few hours is know. it is it scryglass or well, one of them basically does your, your camera recognition same sort of thing it will most of the time get it right but you I can use double lens the double lens might be the one i'm talking about anyway but um yeah and, and it's it's not too bad and you can you know then catalog all your stuff but I mean, I, I changed that cube so organically. Anyway, it's it's you know it's it's hardly up to date. But yeah, it's it, they're they're really interesting kind of you know uh, features. What happens in the future? You say about like playing with your hand revealed. You know, I'm a big fan of the the card revelation. One green matter for an enchantment. Just as everyone plays with their hands revealed. You know, always fun. But you know, that's an easy one to take care of. But yeah, have you um like I said before, have you seen the card go- goblin game? Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, you should see this card. So this one I picked up a while ago because I've seen it played. Do you want me to see if I've got, like, I should have it on top of one of my piles here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because it's a card that totally should be a silver border card, but it's not somehow. And, um, you know, the effect is wild, but 
I would love to see this one fire off on a spell table game and just see what people do. Again, you know, uh, restrictions breed, breed creativity. And, you know, you said before about tokens and, and dry erase marker, uh, those those ones just actually released, which I think are an amazing tool for this because creativity comes out, people draw their pictures. But this one literally is, is five red red uh, sorcery, Big old sorcery. Uh, each player hides at least one object. Then all players reveal them simultaneously. Each player loses life equal to the number of objects he or she revealed. The player who revealed the fewest objects loses then loses half half their life rounded up. If two or more players are tied for fewest, each loses half of their life rounded up. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, wait a second. Should I go lots of objects or like few objects? But the the idea that you've got to get objects in general, it's like. This this doesn't feel like part of the game. It's like some of the, one of the strangest cards. And when it, when I saw it fired off, uh, we were all playing in my mate's lounge room, and we're grabbing books and crap off the off the shelves, and it's like it was just wild. And then the the battlefield afterwards was just covered in stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Chesh, I was going to say, Kaiju has you know uh, had had uh, the cat kind of appear and things like that using, using tokens, you know, like there's, there's a lot of really fun stuff that happens on webcam that, you know, it kind of just organically flows. Yeah. Good stuff. So, um, what I was going to move on to anyway, uh, we kind of like we, we address with, uh, Chase and like to start doing, um, you know, almost on the regular now, uh, is something getting to know the actual, the people of magic a little bit more and, and kind of stepping outside and what's going on, you know, uh, everyone is interesting essentially. Um, JR, we've got some little quick fire questions for you. I'd love to get you know to know you more. Uh, first of all, what's your stance on pineapple and pizza? Uh, you know, I like sweet and salty, so I'm generally in favor. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Cheshire's hard no. What do, oh, I mean, uh, I was going to... What about uh, when you talk about sweet and salty, actually? Like, I mean, I, I can never go past some, like, maple bacon type stuff, you know, or, like, even, like, maple fried chicken, that kind of stuff. That's very Canadian, I know. Yeah. It's usually a good time. I like, like oh. salted caramel, too. Really yeah, good. that's right. I had some good chocolate the other night. It was, yeah, dark, dark chocolate, salted caramel. It was awesome. Um Favorite cake? I think Chesh put this one down. I still don't know mm-hmm. what to put for this. Yeah. Do you have a favorite cake? Not a huge cake person, but uh, <gasps> probably angel food cake. Because what is angel food cake? cake? Oh, do they not have that in Australia? Oh, it's yeah, really it's, it's it's weird. It's good. Um, it's it's made out of like just egg whites. It's like ninety percent oh, egg wow. whites, but it's super spongy and like interesting texture. Um, so yeah, Use, I'm gonna go. Uses no butter. Yeah. Almost it's a, like it's a, a very bizarre cake. It looks um, like yeah. the texture of meringue or something. Oh no, like not meringue, pavlova. Yeah, it's sort of pavish. It's soft. Ha- it's soft and squishy. Mm. Pavlova is an Australian thing. That's like I'm not the biggest fan of or anything, but I don't even know. It's why a it's New Zealand thing. Oh no, we did it again. Don't we start this, a war. We, yeah, before the episode, we start. We had this whole chat about what's New Zealand, what's uh, what's Australian, and uh, Australia by default usually tries to steal all the New Zealand stuff. <laughs> Uh, Chess, you got the next one? Sure. Uh, what is your pet card? A card that for you is something that uh, you try and uh, either chuck in every deck or it just has some sort of massive significance to you? Well, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know that I really have one. There's like 
there's just like a lot of, I guess, fun cards that I like. Um, well, I guess hmm. what's the funnest card that you like there? Yeah, funnest I always love a real it. word. If, if it's just if it's just like I, I like this card and I play it, even though it might not. Like, I mean, for instance, I love Man of War. Like, it's not yeah. the greatest thing to command. And but for sometimes. me, obviously, it's uh, Approach of the Second Son. <laughs> yeah. I'd say um, I have an Aloro deck that that tends to mess with people, and there's a lot of fun, funny things in there. Um, there's one card I put in there that's not very good, but it's just I, I like to witness the table yeah. have a discussion about it, and that's Lethal Vapors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basically, it's like something you play, it's not very expensive, and then nobody can play creatures until someone skips their turn. I love um, it. And it's, you're so right. Anything that, like, provokes a conversation or warps the game a little bit, and I'm really happy you run Aloro that way, that I know I've met plenty of people that just play Aloro to gain all life and do nothing. But, yeah, it's, I think in SB you've got all the, like, warping with people's kind of game plans there. That's amazing. Destroy uh, enchantment, four mana, whenever a creature comes into play, destroy it. And then zero, destroy lethal vapors. You skip your next turn. Any player may play this ability. That's amazing. And so someone's literally got to step forward as the savior and go, well, you know, guys, you know, yeah. can you, can you leave take, me alone? Who's going to take one for the team? Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. Um, it's just fun, fun to hear that conversation, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I think that's really healthy to in- inject into your games, you know. Um, Zer's Weeding is one of those ones I love that too. It's just like, well, we can have a conversation about every card that gets ripped off the top. You know, it's it's really cool. Um, who would you most like to have dinner with, dead or alive? Not the band. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. you can if you want, but really. Well, rest in peace yeah. there too, wasn't it, like last year? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. They only had one song that everyone liked. Are we presuming that this person... Will know English, even if yes. they didn't. I mean, uh, I think if, I would, if, if if we're reanimating people, it's um, you know, you can you can also have a, a babblefish if you want to. Okay, because I don't know if Leonardo da Vinci spoke any English. I don't know if English was even a thing. Ooh. Uh, but I think Leonardo da Vinci would be super interesting. Totally. Uh, the, just because when I whenever I learn about him, it's like this dude was into everything. Oh, that's that's exactly that. The, the the amazing point when you, you kind of get into, yeah, Leonardo's kind of history. It's like, well, it's not just like, you know, almost des- like indi- industrial design or things like that. No, it's like it's art. It's everything. And it's it's David Bowie-esque that it's just like, you know, like just- He was so you, you far don't... ahead of his time. Like, didn't he totally. basically invent an, an early version of a helicopter? Like, like one of his designs? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, everything. Like- Holy crap, he was so far ahead of the human race at the time and even, you know, to some aspects now. Like, totally. his, his designs have lent so much to humanity's designs of, you know, ad- advanced, weird-ass stuff that we just was like, back in the Dark Ages, it was magic, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And isn't that, like, such a message to, you know, what can happen if you're truly unshackled by pressure um, you know, self-inhibition, that kind of stuff. And it's like just pure creativity uh, to just explore. And mm-hmm. I, I, from what I gather, that's exactly, you know, what, what makes someone so prolific that's, you know, they, they can bash through the, I love to say, we've got a lot of modern pressures right now that most people sit there going, well, I just sit there every day doubting myself. And it's, you know, 
um, what a time. And, and I, I, you know, that whole thing about like having dinner with say Leonardo da Vinci would be like, well, what do you think of yourself? You know, like, how do you, how do you run day to day? And, and, you know, do you sit there and doubt yourself, you know, it'd be really, really interesting. But then there's also the whole thing about like not meeting your heroes. Cause like, what if he's a total jerk? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and let's face it. Probably is. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, maybe every maybe hero that's the is quality, generally a piece of shit. So yeah. <laughs> I, I always like to put it. It's like maybe that is what makes the um, you know the quality of almost a person, person, but like what makes someone able to do such amazing things. Sometimes it is blind ignorance to you know and devotion to yourself, and it's you know the fact that they the type of people sometimes that never doubt themselves. They're Although just, I guess. I shouldn't say that because thinking back to it, like I've, I've met a lot of interesting and famous people and not all of them are self-centered pieces of shit. So well, they're, they're the surprises, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, that's, I always put it back to sport and I know we're going to chat about this in a second, but <laughs> I, I love uh, a big thing. I was talking to you, Chesh, about, you know, when you're kind of learning about what the NBA has been doing for 20 years, but <laughs> I love the combination of sport and psychology and it's you know i've got no background in it or anything but i love the idea of you know there's something else other than someone's physical attributes and you know like what they've done and how they play something between the lines that still not many people know about and how to kind of accurately like predict or judge or whatever of it's mental like makeup essentially like how someone's going to prosper and then or reach their potential that kind of thing and you know that's always a surprising thing that, you know, there are people sometimes at that level that aren't total dicks, you know, which is always my, my joy if I can find interviews or like, uh, you know, evidence of players that are actually like a nice person. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. Cause my experience is usually most people that are really good at it think they're the best in the world, you know, like, um, or even a local level, I remember playing with people at basketball here and I was like, wow, for a team sport, everyone's really about themselves, aren't they? You know, it's, it's really mm-hmm. sad. And, you know, but you, every now and then you get someone that's truly humble at the same time, which is, you know, and has time for everyone. And I love those stories. Just be a good person. <laughs> um, Don't be shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, uh, JR, I'm guessing you've played a video game or two in your times. Uh, yes. <laughs> do you have an all-time favourite? All-time favorite, um, or even even something like fairly recent, you know, like a recent a recent favorite, one that I probably played the most in like the last five years would probably be Rocket League. Oh my god, yeah, mm. how good is I Rocket just, League? It's I've never played Rocket game. League. I've, I've I watch all my friends play it because they're all streamers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, they look a fun, lot of fun, but also just looks like I it's something I would never be able to get the hang of because of my my eye problem because I'm legally blind. <laughs> and it's such a, like a, a twitchy kind of um, like it is a, what do you even call that? Not quite fighting game level, but like you've got no, to be it on is. the It's the twitch reflex. Oh, it is um, actually. You're it, right, it's yeah. the same thing that you get from like, so I play FPSs. Um, yep. I might not be as good as I was back in the, you know, Duke 3D days yeah. uh, or, or Quake, <laughs> et cetera. <laughs> but, um, but I'm still fairly good now. Like, you know, yeah. chicken dinnering on PUBG and stuff still. Is that what you did last night? Yeah, yeah, that was oh, last night. I, I, I solo PUBG gamed. in ages. Well done, yeah, actually. I was, That's amazing. Yeah, I did like five matches. Uh, third, second, third, 
Dude. Fourth, fourth, and then, yeah, chicken dinner. You're on your boat. <laughs> when, when arena draft is going to absolute crap, you're just like, well, I'm going to jump on and chicken dinner because there's there's few kind of satisfying oh, I, moments like that. I, I was kind of just cleaning up cards because there's cards. For, for those at home, there's cards literally all around me on my stream station. <laughs> Swimming I now cards. have a second streaming desk that I've that I bought that arrived this week that I built. Uh, and it is now full of cards because I just opened uh, the M21 box and the Mystery Booster box, and now I'm, like, mm. attempting to sort what I want to keep and what I need to chuck in the slash bulk. Um, and I just took all the rares and mythics out of the commander decks that I had built uh, for the sponsored content and stuff, and that's all piled up in piles at the moment as well. I've got a massive pile of foils <laughs> because... So turning into Pringles? I, well, I yeah, exactly. They are quite curled because <laughs> I don't really touch the foils that much. Um, so it's interesting. I have like a a pile of those that I can't really do anything with, and they're mostly bulk foils. And it's just like, yeah, there's no way really to sell them. So I'm gonna chuck them into a box. But yeah, that's why. I mean, that that was the thing. I was just like sorting <laughs> cards, and I was I like, I'm escape. sick of this. I need a respite from this. Yeah. So I, I decided to jump on PUBG and do a couple of solos. And uh, um, yeah, chicken didn't. When we can, we keep talking about this, you know, when it's kind of, we personally feel safe and it is safe. And then, you know, I keep saying when the world goes back to normal, I don't know if it will, who knows. But, you know, we think of those days when it'll be just really nice to do something nice and you can come over, Chesh, we'll cook some food and we can, you know, play some couch co-op. And, and that's what I'm really happy you said, JR, that Rocket League was one of those games that kind of brought that back for me. I was like, well, couch co-op, you know, is still alive. You know, you just got to look for it. co-op, but yeah. you don't know how close I have to sit to a screen. Oh, that's fine. You can sit wherever you be on the couch. I'll be right in front of your TV. But it's also like we're not online. We're not like bashing up against any, you know, mythical leaderboards or whatever. And, you know, that's what it's about, playing a, a game for fun with your mates. And I'm Rocket League such a funny one that I've had all like all night sessions with people that usually don't play games. And you introduce them to it and it does the best job as far as mechanics and how tight it is. And the way I heard it explained was, um, if you guys ever heard of a podcast called Idle Thumbs, it's a, it's a video game podcast that doesn't exist anymore, but the guys, they work for Steam now, I'm pretty sure. But they, a bunch of them, one of them worked for Bethesda and a bunch of them uh, worked on the game Firewatch and all super smart people, amazing views on video games. And I still go back and listen to episodes years ago and they're just so funny and intelligent. It's great. But one of the guys, uh, Nick Brecken, just summed up, or maybe it was Jake Rodkin anyway, but he summed up Rocket League as the best depiction of uh, or the best kind of expression of the feeling of scoring a goal or even the lead up to scoring a goal in soccer, like in a video game, whereas you can look at it and go, oh, it's cars playing soccer. That seems really weird, whatever, and it's not for me. And um, and that's initially how I felt about it. And then I played it and I'm like, oh, I get it now. You know, this is huge, so... Um, do you play it online or anything, JL? Yeah, for a while I was relatively competitive. Adam, mm. Adam and I actually played a lot, but not when I say relatively, we were in like diamond level. Or yep. I think Adam briefly got to champion level, which is like the the highest tier. You got to be doing uh, roof flips and stuff, you know. Like <laughs> we never did that. We were we were just like pretty solid fundamentally. Um, you we were, we were never able, yeah, we were never <laughs> able to do like a lot of those really advanced mechanics. And yeah. 
That's an interesting thing about Rocket League is you just, there's like a ceiling that it's so hard to get past. It just takes so much practice. But the the other 90% of the game is like still a blast, even if you can't do that stuff. Totally. And Rumble mode, if you've ever played Rumble mode, it's like yeah, the which one's ultimate. That? So it's just like every 10 seconds you get like a crazy weird power up, like a boot oh, yeah. or like <laughs> spikes on your car and you can just like grab the ball and attach it to your car and just drive into the goal. And yeah. it's like the great equalizer. You can play with completely new people and there's nothing you can do to prepare yourself for being in a tornado. You know? Yep, yep, yep. So someone just gets like the Smash Bros hammer and all the star basically like you just like oh no yeah. Well, yeah I love that um I yeah I haven't played it for a, like a year or two now but I remember last time I did there was like the the basketball mode came in and they were like toying with some other stuff but um, I'm guessing that a lot there's a whole lot more even the basketball mode was actually like oh this is actually pretty funky you know it's soccer is yeah. the heart of it essentially but yeah um, how does it actually do like esports wise these days has it got a good following I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I always wanted that because it's like I think as far as things go these days, it probably translates pretty well to like knowing what's going on. Um, but then again, I don't know if that's, you know, necessarily required when you've got things like Dota and League that you've got to know what's going on to know what's going on, if that makes sense. Like, you know, there's a lot going on in the, you know, the UI. That it's just like it's intense uh, and, and that's really hard to kind of express. And I mean, hey that's magic's you know issue for so many years how do you express a lot of the game to someone who's uninformed but i always felt rocket league was that you know so interested to see if that actually has that kind of following someone's got yelled they got bought out Um, oh really yeah psionics got purchased well i don't know if it was rocket league or the whole studio they got bought by someone i forget the ea i don't remember but they uh yeah the, the game got bought out and i've actually played since around then Oh, Not because wow. of that, just that's because when I got super busy. Yeah, just life. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's awesome answer, dude. That's awesome. Um, best album or artist? Uh, I love to keep this one broad because I know some people go, all this person's works or one album may speak to you, one song. Um, I'm a bit of a music purist, so it's like, oh, it's going to be an album, man. <laughs> I got a bunch, um, but I would say there's one that always stands above the rest, and that's Grace by Jeff Buckley. Oh, good choice. Rest in peace too. Like, yeah, that's that's one like eternal playlist stuff. You know, you can always go back and feel something when you play that. Yeah. 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 Oh, far out. Um, next one was, do you have a favorite piece of magic art? Favorite piece of magic art? Yes. Uh, is it skeleton ship? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm walking out yeah. the room. <sighs> Why? <laughs> It's my favorite. It's my absolute favorite. Like it's oh really? Yeah. I uh, I I one of Cheshire's streams. I jumped on. I was like, I'm playing Skeleton Ship, and they're like, You're playing what? I'm like, Yeah, that's right. I love Skeleton Ship for life. It's what a piece of art. Yeah, there's a dolphin. There's a freaking skeleton riding a turtle. It's kind of everything. Yeah, it brings up every time. Yeah, and everyone's like, What's what Skeleton Ship? Like, you'll see, you'll see. I, I love how I, it's just a derpy card too, and it's like, but you can make it work at the same time. I tried making a skeleton ship deck with like proliferate and stuff, and like it didn't work at all. It's not great. You might as well just go thematic and like skeletons and pirates and stuff, and you know. But yeah, yeah. Pretty much, I just use it to helm a blue black deck of whatever I want to play at that time, and you know, it's more like as your figurehead for your your deck. 
it sets a tone like nothing else. They're like, whoa, you're playing that? They're like, yeah, damn straight. You know what kind of fun this is going to be. <laughs> That's so good. I just love it's legendary too. Like it's, I feel like they could have easily not done that. And, you know, especially it's at that time. A, it's not like a good card. No. Exactly. It's, but it's, it's, it's just it's, weird. It's not vanilla. Like it's, you know, it's it's got something. You've got a counter thing to play off if you really want to. And in that bit, I always forget about, like they often did with, is it pretty much ship cards? Chesh will be able to correct me. But if you contain, if you um, control no islands, you know, bury it basically. Like I always forget that part. Yeah. It's actually come up once or twice. Someone's removed an island. I'm like, oh, wow. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Got bamboozled. Ah. Oh. JR, you, you just made my day. That's the uh, no one knows this card, and it's you know it's it's my favorite of all the weird cards going around. I've had say, my I've had my skeleton ship for like probably twenty years, twenty five years. Wow, so I good. got it when I was twelve, I think. Sweet. So, did you play much when you were younger? No, not a whole lot. I played for like a year. You know, there was that year yeah. like around revised when um, like we were all into it and. I got like a big box of starter packs, which is like a silly thing to do. Although <laughs> now this now the snow covered lands are so, you know, coveted in a way that actually mm. sort of sort of paid off. Um, but yeah, I just I just uh, had a bunch of Ice Age cards, and that's about it. <laughs> Love it. That's so good. Um, next one was uh, in just a few words. What does magic mean to you? Um, just. I'd say the gathering, right? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's it's like, it sounds cheesy, but it's exactly what it's about. And I'm glad it says it on the box. Uh, I told this weird story um, last last week, actually, about we we just finished up or well, halfway through a big commander night at my place when it was we could do such things, you know, in person. And we're all eating pizza. And I'm like, you came for the magic, but we stayed for the gathering. <laughs> it's like, that's <laughs> what it's about, man. <laughs> Such cheese. Oh man, and we're eating the cheesiest <laughs> pizzas. So, yeah, no, I full stop. Like that is that's what it is. It's people, and you know, uh, grinding on arena doesn't really serve that. It's fun. It's got something to do, but you know, we always need people in this game to interact with. So, love it. Um, here's one. Do you have a favorite movie or book? Favorite movie or book? Uh, Going to give away my banking security questions here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my my favorite book is uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Nice. I think Ch- it's just so funny. Chess, you're a big fan, aren't you? One of us. One of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get um, yelled at, but I've never read it, and it's like I, I know I've got, to do, I've got to do my due diligence. I, I just like envy you in a way because like ah, because it's fresh. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll really capitalize on this and just make sure I enjoy it and, and <laughs> you know, and remember that there's people that actually want to be in this position that read it for the first time. And that really speaks volumes to something when, like, I envy, envy someone that's never played Dark Souls. You know, I want them to play Dark Souls for the first time and experience that life-changing thing. Anyway, but I digress. <laughs> I've the never I've never played, so there you go. Mm, the the one thing that I don't understand is the amount of people I come across who are like, You'll you'll say something about Hitchhiker's Guide, and then they'll just bitch about how bad the movie was. And it's like, it really wasn't that bad. I think that you're looking at this in a way different light than you really should. Mm. But then I just remember like how how shit people are when they're 
constantly comparing like a book to another medium and it's like well it's never going to be exactly the same because that's not how it works when you're transferring mediums yeah it's a different like medium. those mediums it's just are going thing. to change <laughs> i like the movie and i like i, I love most well. f like yeah. ah so good i before then i didn't i'd never really watched or not i guess taken notice of most f in anything uh and after hitchhiker's gut i was like i need to watch more with this guy because that's hilarious. Most like, Def the rapper. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, he, yeah, it's oh, yeah. Love Most as one of my Sweet. favorite characters ever. He's also that's on right. Be Kind Rewind, which is a great movie mm-hmm. too. I want to watch that. Actually, have you too. seen that one? It's about these, yeah, these guys no who one, run a video store and they no one accidentally what a video stores. <laughs> no well, man, video stores yeah. are the, the thing. <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> anyway, they erase all the movies accidentally, and so they have to re-record them all. So they just make cheap versions of every movie in the video <laughs> store. And it's it's great. Oh, sweet. It's Dan, Jack Danny, Black and most F. Danny Glover's in it too. That's great. Oh, man, I want to watch this for, for sure. <laughs> That's great. Oh, sweet. So, I mean, saying that, yeah, do you have a favorite movie? Mm, not really. I, I think, always find that one hard. Yeah. There's some, like, movies from, like, nostalgic value. Like Yeah. There's Surf Ninjas, which is just a great <laughs> oh, movie. From, it's it's just like actually a quality movie. I mean, you've got Leslie Nielsen, you've got uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. It's like a legitimate kickboxer. You've yeah. got a kid who can see the future with his Game Boy, uh, or sorry, Game Gear, uh, and you've got Rob Schneider providing a little additional weirdness. It's just good. It's just a yeah, quality yeah. '90s movie. At least you didn't say time. three ninjas. Which one's three ninjas? Three ninjas, three ninjas kick back. Yeah, yeah I'm all about <laughs> Three ninjas it. of the three little kids, and it's just, I'm not even going to go into oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hayden, Hayden loves those kinds of movies, and I just don't. I don't <laughs> 90s understand. Geez. I was going to say, yeah. I, I remember hiring three ninjas from the video store. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chesh, you say video stores, uh, you know. I mean, we're no old one, no, though. I know we are, but it's like <laughs> I will, I will soapbox that to the cows come home. Like, just I miss the the physical act of walking into the video store and spending a good forty five minutes browsing for my movies. I was and, about to say spending forty five minutes to an hour trying to look for that one fucking video. Where yeah. is it? It should be here. It's not here. Where is it? You go to the counter and they're like, "Oh yeah, sorry, that's been loaned out for the last like two months, yeah, and somebody exactly. never brought it back." And it's some obscure, weird thing like um, the the David Bowie where he's a vampire. I can never remember <laughs> the name of it. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Um. When the it's weird like a big- artsy stuff, or the man that fell to earth, you know, like yeah, yeah, just just the weirdest, most artsy like movies that you can think of. Getting into full um, David Bowie, uh, you know, movie retrospective, but yeah, and yeah. it's like, or like you'll find the ones like, oh, finally I get it. And it's like the beaten up cover, or it doesn't have a cover, and you know, you spend all that time, and then you chuck it in, and the disc is scratched. And you're like, oh, okay, disc, VHS, <laughs> or the, or the, yeah, the video is kind VHS. Of- well, yeah, that, that's what it was about, and it's <laughs> it's finding stuff that I mean, I never really got into the whole download music uh, movies thing as such, but you know, and and even I'd say Netflix these days, or you know, those kind of services are so highly curated that if you do sometimes want to watch something from the fifties or sixties, you're pretty hard pressed to find something, you know, like uh, what you need to watch. But I mean, it does a good job of giving you something to watch all the time, but specifics. You know, like going to the video store and finding it and it's a little lost treasure kind of thing. It's like, that's really, really cool. 
accidentally wandering into the uh, the poorly marked adults section. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. that was a memory. That was totally just it. Like, down the I end should of that row, no curtain or anything. You you see it in all the movies that it's like you know always has the curtain. Not in Australia. It's yeah. just right it's there just in there. front of you near the it's, action movies. Why? It's, it's next to special interests and um, you know foreign language. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Three ninjas knuckle up. I'm just going to Google images now. This is great. High noon at Mega Mountain. <laughs> Three ninjas. Yeah, man. I, I, that's one of those relics that I completely forgot existed. And um, God, there's some great uh, martial arts movies in the 90s, weren't there? <laughs> I mean, you say that, but no, there wasn't. <laughs> I was <joking. laughs> But I, I want to fire up Surf Ninjas this afternoon. That'd be awesome. Surf that's Ninjas, cool. is, it holds up. Like, Legit. Oh, and Tone Loke's in it? I forgot about that. What? Really? Yeah. Topical. He's just like so cameo and, and drop some drop some lines. Yo, he's like a character. Like a what? Yeah, he's like a he's like, plays like a cop that you know watches over the kids. Um, yeah, it's just a it's just such a good movie. Just a good time. It's like uh, what is it? Rad? That other? <laughs> is that the BMX one? Rad's a good time. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, nineteen eighty six. Before I was born. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> A hometown kid on his BMX against the best in the world at Hell Track. The heat is on. Yeah. Good times. I could, I could go for a full uh, 80s, 90s binge now, actually. Good time. <laughs> um, what, we're, uh, what we're going to kind of dovetail into in a weird way is um, we've kind of been talking about it anyway, but Chesh went out to um, uh, kind of establish when we started this podcast, you always want to talk about something entertaining anyway, which we've kind of been doing, which has been fun. Um but your chess usually has something TV wise to talk about, or like movie wise, or like I mean, media. you're right. Usually, <laughs> but I think we know what we want to talk about today. What? So we're talking about basketball, man. <laughs> I've I've been watching a lot of Star Trek uh, Enterprise lately. Ooh, yes. Um, because I'd only watched part of the series, and so many Star Trek people like just Trekkies, Trekkers, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty big Star Trek fan. Uh, Next Gen is my jam. Everyone used to complain about Enterprise and I kind of see where they're coming from in a way, but it's really not terrible. By the um, way, side note, if anyone wants to hear Chesh go deep into um, uh, Star Trek, check out the Magic with Zuby podcast. Zuby and Chesh talk about it. For, and I was just like, I have no idea what anything in Star, uh, Star Trek is. And so I was just like in awe of like, this is so cool to hear like the depths of what they're talking about. <laughs> it's so deep. It's so deep. Um, but uh, that's why I technically don't have anything um, screen-wise entertaining to talk about. Instead... Holy shit, it's been 20 years since I touched a basketball card, and yeah. now I just spent $400, $500. So, what made you so excited <laughs> to do it? Like, from what I could see, uh, you opened, first of all, a crazy collector's box of M21. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is cool. But somewhere along that process, you also opened a mystery booster box in the last week that was very <laughs> subpar. But some, it was trash. Somewhere <laughs> along the lines, I can tell you had a bit of a kind of maybe revelation, but you just like, you had a, a realization that sports cards are doing premium stuff really well. And All right. So here's the deal, right? So the problem with magic, the gathering at the moment is that Hasbro 
as a business, are doing what you would do in a business and trying to make as much money as possible. Naturally. I get it. I understand it. Now, people know that I do sponsored videos from Wizards. People know that I've, you know, worked with them on these Commander decks um, to get them into my life so I could do deck tax. And I've had some really great opportunities with Wizards, and that's not going to change. However, when you put out a VIP booster pack Hmm. where half the fucking booster is land... And you're trying to sell that to me at the price of pretty much a box. I mean, warranted pretty lands, but yeah, it's, yeah. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Like, I know, I know, I know. So uh, let's talk about that for a second, because that is something I want to cover. Um, so original full art lands were what? Un- unhinged? One of them, yeah. One of the unsets anyway. The and they were gorgeous. One, I think. Yeah, or 2000. Absolutely gorgeous. And that was a special thing. And they're very expensive. Because they're a special thing, and foil copies of said lands are extremely expensive because it was a special thing that not many people opened, uh, that not many, many people, you know, uh, looked after. Mm. So it's hard to get those lands. But then they started putting it in sets, and we were like, cool, we're getting more. There was some in Zendikar, and we're like, this is great. And then return, they put in a crap load and put them in the fat packs, and we're like, okay, well, this is good. The art's not great, but it's yeah. good. And then they kept chucking full art lands and everything. I mean, the latest everything. ones, they were pretty cool. And like, they were like, pounding still, us with them. Still the coolest. Pounding us and pounding us with them. <laughs> um, and it I mean, gets that, to the point that's where the you go. Products. Like, we're well, just, and, and it yeah. is, but this leads into the basketball thing. Mm. Selling me a VIP product for $170 for a booster pack with like, what, 20 cards, 30 cards? I don't know. With with a low amount of cards, basically, for the for the money investment, right? Yep. Um, there is no short prints. So, we'll, we'll t- discuss what those are in a second. There's because, no yeah, alt variants that you can't get in regular booster packs at all. That's a big problem. Um, foil versions of the cards cool, except your foiling is current currently, you know, and th- this is something I've always spoken out about just going like, look after your cards properly. Yeah, totally. Um, except even though I do look after my cards properly, the foil process at the moment is still causing cards to curl in my folders. I was going to say, and, and like atmospheric things, whatever, I've noticed different places have different effects. Like mine, yep. certainly, if I leave my cards out, they're going to turn into Pringles for sure. Yeah, yeah. Even my even my regular non-foil is going to turn into Pringles if I leave them out. So Somewhere I than others, uh, de- depending on set often too. Like, I yeah. mean, whether it's a commander printing or a, you know, like collector's mm-hmm. back or something. Um, so to reference it to basketball, basketball do... Regular product and hobby product. Their regular product even has short print stuff in it now and again and signature and some, cards, yeah, right? Yeah, some signatures, like one a box or something. And they'll often yeah. have to... They're the ones, too, that have had to really, really narrow, like buckle down and like state that, too. Like the yeah. whole anti-gambling thing. So, and, and here's my thing. So, when you have a premium product put out by a basketball company like Panini... Um, and let's say that that premium product is MSRP $200 mm. and you know that you're getting two memorabilia cards and or two signature cards, right? You know that you're getting a special subset um, that is only available in that product. And this can be translated over to Magic's before anyone says anything. And I'll go into that in a sec. Yeah. Um, 
But at the end of the day, if I'm spending $200 on a box of magic cards or $200 on a box of basketball cards- Give for me the something that's of, not cardboard. <laughs> but, well, I don't care about that as cardboard. Like, you're going to get cardboard either way, right? Yeah, like, true. regardless. But you're putting exclusive stuff in the basketball, but you're not putting the same exclusionary stuff in the regular magic product. Right. So the premium magic product, I should say, just to clarify before anyone says anything. So here's my proposal in how I would handle this if I was Hasbro. Number one, short print cards. Now, the way to do this is in the regular product, you have a regular copy of, let's say, Solemn Simulgrim. Okay. In the VIP product, you have a, a, particular subset you can only get in that VIP product that is foil, that is a different art, or is a foil different art that is signed, that is short printed. This means that the rarity of that VIP product goes up, okay? Because you're asking whales to buy this product. You're saying Mm. this product is for you, but you're actually not at this point because you're not giving that exclusivity. You're not giving that rarity to that product at all. You're just saying this is exactly the same as the product that you can get in the boxes. Just if you buy a VIP pack, you're going to get more pretties yeah. than you'll get out of a regular retail booster. And that to me is like, what? what is the point? So basketball also has memorabilia cards. I think I, I, like they will always sell, which is just, you know, that mm-hmm. doesn't help any kind of decision making as far as like what should happen, which is, you know, like yeah. people buy them anyway. But yeah, I know what you mean. So this is how to do a memorabilia card for Magic, because obviously I'm not going to say that they need to cut up a piece of somebody's canvas. <laughs> like some of this stuff is digital. I get it. Well, uh, yes, yeah, I know. Super short printed sketch cards. With oh, yeah, not yeah. final art. Mm. Okay. So what happens with magic is that the digital artist will do a SketchUp rendering yeah. um, of what the art is going to look like in the future and submits it through to the person at Wizards who looks after the art or the department. The department then goes yes or no, right? Or we'll tweak this, tweak that. Like it's yeah. just like a pencil drawing, yeah. So if you put that blue line art on a card and give it a number, Okay, added, let's say, 150. That'd be cool. All of a sudden, only 150 of those special art prints exist in Magic. Fully playable, right? Mm. Same card stock, same casting cost. You put a text box in there with the same text. Yeah, legible. You've just got this super unique looking, fantastic whale card. Signatures. Now, here's my big thing. Signatures are real easy for you to do, whether it's going to be on card, which makes it more expensive to buy if it's a a, a single that you're purchasing, or a sticker. You don't need to do on card. You are wizards. You can just do a sticker and people will be happy with that. Well, that's the whole thing in basketball and, you know, sport cards anyway. Yeah, of course, it's better if it's on card, but, you know, it's still a signature that's pretty amazing if it's on a sticker. Exactly. So, you're not saying that there's going to be extra uh, weight to the card. There's not going to be extra feel to the card because the sticker is so thin you can't actually feel it through a sleeve anyway. Shouldn't be, but I mean, I'll, I'd have to talk to judges and stuff like that if they well, go, you know. Even, even if it was, print it on the damn card. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And true. give it a short print of 20. Yeah. So, if you want to have uh, Phil Fuglio come in and do a card, right? And then short print that card to 20 and print his signature on there. And I think too, it... Right? it, it, it uh, it heroes the artist then too. Like it's, you exactly. know, which is the big part of, 
how we get less uh we get less magic fests these days and you know the, i mean we don't get any but you know mm-hmm. um that dual, was dual signature cards yeah Ooh. <laughs> right dual signature cards Imagine that, a split art card with two one of one mm. okay so here's how you do a one of one gavin verhey works on a set awesome yeah. gavin verhey gets one particular card that he helped to design and you get the artist who did the art for that card and you get the both to sign the card Right? It's a short print one and of you one. you hero both, exactly. You're not just heroing both. You're making a super short printed card yeah. that for the whales could be worth thousands of dollars. You've given some thought to this. This is cool. I've given a lot yeah, of thought yeah. to this because no, this is it. the stuff you get out of basketball. And this is why I've changed up what I'm doing. So, yeah, I'm still going to be doing magic. I'm still going to be cracking magic product but now he's again. Enticed. <laughs> But I'm really excited to get in and, like, get back to basketball because that's where my collecting came from in the first place. Before Magic the Gathering, there was basketball. That was my jam, mm. you know, yeah, before no, I even nice got into man. Magic. Yeah. It, it was... It, NBA was my jam. Yep. Hey, hey, hey. Um, and uh, there's just so much that Hasbro could be doing with this product. And instead, they're just like, here's an, an alt art that you're going to get in foil. Mm. Cool. Cool. I mean, I I love I love my full art Ugin. I really do. I think it is so pretty. But it's a shame that nothing comes in those boxes that makes me want to buy more of yeah. those boxes. And I would not put it past them in as far as how much they've uh, kind of updated stuff in the last year or two. You know, trying new things and you know, ex- like doing what the Alter community was doing, full art kind of treatments, that kind of stuff. And just more of that going on, I wouldn't be surprised in the next two years you start to see some of these ideas. And I'd love to actually see your ones you're, you're talking about, you know, some mm-hmm. some signatures and stuff like that. I mean, the one we joke about at the LGS when we do chaos drafts on a Wednesday, or did, um, I was always joking about putting a Force of Will pack in there. Was it Force of Will? No, sorry, Attack on Titan. And um, so Attack on Titan had this trading card game. Don't know how good it is, whatever, but you've got those packs behind the counter at the LGS as well. And we joked about putting one in there. And um, one of my mates was like, no, they're actually really cool. They do, they handle exclusives and things like that really well. You can get, you know, voice actor sign um, cards, things like that. And, you know, there's some really interesting stuff. But um, like you say, the basketball side is really, um, it's super cool. And we've had a couple of chats because I've followed basketball pretty much all my life love it a bit and i was a massive card collector in when i was a kid and then got back into it a few years ago and um haven't done it much lately but still kind of started to put together all the stuff i wanted to collect which was seattle supersonic stuff and Mm. i was just blown away with all the stuff that is like the jersey prints the signatures that kind of stuff and it's like wow this is what collecting is and you know i was going to say Magic was always appealing to me because it's like I have that collecting side, but I get to play the game. You know, there's something always that collecting stuff for basketball is cool, but I don't do anything with it. I just look at it. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, the kind of pieces of memorabilia, that kind of thing. I was going to ask and chime in here, JR, and sorry to leave you in the dark while we're going on rants here, man. Um, sport-wise, have you ever uh, been any in, in into any of the cards or anything? Uh, not cards. I mean, not since I was a kid anyway. Yeah. Um when I was a kid, I used to collect baseball cards and stuff like that. But get that uh, Michael Jordan '97 one, you know, like or '96, no '95. Nah, nothing valuable, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah, not not really. And um, are you a you an NHL guy, like primarily, or do you have a primary sport you kind of follow? Yeah, I I actually play ice hockey. 
Oh, amazing. So I love, I love hockey, ice hockey. It's, it's just such a fun thing. I used to, I used to play it before the pandemic. Man, um, I, yeah, that, that would be incredible. And I've, I mean, my experience is I'm really primarily just in a basketball because I play it and it's, you know, that relationship to it. But um, yeah, we're talking before about, um, I mean, sorry to kind of steal your, your topic here, Chesh, we'll, we'll get back to it. And, you know, basically we're yeah, back to sure. basketball and everything, but um the the ice hockey thing came up as far as um, you're telling me which which team I should follow, <laughs> which is um, uh, I wanted to kind of get into NHL. Um, first of all, knowing that Melbourne actually does have a good little scene starting to develop, and I've got a couple of friends that play, and you know we've got one place pretty starting to develop. It's been around for a while. Oh, now. sorry. I, I feel, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got friends who are goalies, so you know. I was going to say people people into it be like you take that back. It's I mean, but but. It, Actually, more so than something like um, I was going to say, American football, or you know, do people call it gridiron? You know, that that's a thing that like totally exists, but is on the smaller side in Melbourne as well. But um, yeah, it's seeing that, and I know how much it means to people. And you know, you're telling me about, um, or oh, who's your team at the moment? I mean, you're from Washington DC, JL. Yeah, the Washington Capitals would be the team of choice around here. Nice. Um, yeah, and. Really, the first like there's like this curse we talk about in the D series about the teams are often pretty good, but just never go all the way. Uh, and certainly true in basketball, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> the and Wizards are always like, oh, when they're good, they're like okay, like first, second round, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, first and second round was the the Capitals for many many years. Yeah, um, and they actually won the league in terms of points, like many times, only to just lose in the playoffs. Mm. But they finally got the cup in 2018, and um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Kind of the Toronto and basketball thing. But that's awesome. So you followed them all your life? Um, yeah, mostly. I mean, I grew up in the area, so um, I, like my first time going to a hockey game actually was. Uh, it's kind of a funny story. My they had this promotion that if you bought cake frosting, like three <laughs> things of cake frosting, then you could redeem you know, the UPC, the barcodes for a free ticket. Fuck so my out. dad went, my dad went and bought, you know, I remember it was like nine or 12 or whatever things of cake frosting and took me and my buddy to a game and nobody, nobody cared about hockey back then because they weren't really that good at it. And we got to sit right on the ice for cake frosting. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. What a bug. Really, I'd never seen that kind of action before in a sport and it's just so fast and so much skill involved it's really cool to see yeah exactly um i've always been interested i mean everyone goes oh it's a a sport where people fight and you know it's i've i've never quite known what the relationship is with you know the the physical aspect of almost it's expected sometimes i don't know if that's that's correct to say or anything but you know it's it is the sport where you know some physical altercations can break out and i know video games over the years have had to be like well we can't glorify this because it's not the thing that it's about but you know it does exist, you know, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it's a little bit less less and less common, you know, in modern days. It still happens. Mm. It doesn't happen. It doesn't hardly ever happen, uh, you know, in adult leagues where I play. Um, just like, you know, I've played probably like eight years now, and there's been maybe three or four fights I've ever seen. Oh, wow. So not not that many. Because it's kind um, of like a social thing. It's not, I mean, it, it's a social contract in a way. It's like, well, we're not here to do this, which is, 
Sounds actually really positive. Like we have day jobs. (laughs) Yeah. We're not not trying to get hurt. Yeah. Nobody's giving us money to do this. We're actually paying a lot of money to do it. So yeah. Man, I wish my um, local basketball league was like that. It's uh, I one of the ones I played in Melbourne for a while. Almost like I stopped playing rep, and I was like, I went to have a bit of a break, just playing what they call domestic. So just you, know, you and your mates on a team, you know, D E F grade, thinking that the the lower down you get, the uh, more relaxing it's going to be, and it's just not the case. There's some people out for blood on a Monday night, and it's like all their anguishes and you know kind of insecurities are coming out and they just want to fight in the car park. Oh, my God. And they're, I also joke, they're not even playing basketball at that stage when you go down to low levels. They're playing football or something, you know. It's And that's actually harder to play against. So, no, that's that's yep. to hear that's what happens when you actually play and, and that there's a kind of a, a cultural code in a way, that's actually really positive to hear that because... I don't know. I feel like most people just like a lot of people assume like, oh, cool, I can play ice uh, ice hockey and go beat people up or whatever, you know. And that's they're the wrong kind of people to play, I guess. So, but um, yeah, I feel like at the same time there'd be like a barrier to entry anyway. With you do need some relative skill to be able to zoom around on a um, you know, uh, with with ice skates basically. Like it's not like I think I'd say it. Most people can pick up a basketball if they think they can and throw it at a hoop. And just be a massive person and, you know, push people around. But, you know, the same it's, person couldn't necessarily just jump onto a, uh, you know, into some ice skates and gracefully zoom around. It's There is a big barrier to entry. But at the same time, I was never allowed to play as a kid. And I started playing when I was 26 because I was an adult and I finally had enough money that I could afford it. Mm. Um, and so I started at a late age. And I, I wouldn't say that I'm zooming around on the ice. I play usually. <laughs> usually the lowest level available or close to the lowest level. Um, but it's still a blast even, yeah. even if you're not great. And I mean, a, a kind of social outlet like that too, that and tied to that kind of thing. I, again, kind of made the point that magic was doing that for a little bit. Basketball is that for me. It's like, but we realize how much those things really mean when we can't do them all of a sudden. And, um, you know, what with the weird state of the world. So um, I'm, I'm assuming you haven't been able to play for a little while. No, and I can't just make an app to play ice hockey, unfortunately. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Um, Chesh, like I say, I mean, basketball means the world to me. Um, we, we're kind of learning about each other in a weird way and diving into like what we've <laughs> enjoyed doing in the past, which is really fun. And, you know, again, when all this well, plays over, that basketball. Yeah, as I always say, I've I've had many lives and I've done many <laughs> things. Um I was explaining to somebody recently, I maybe it was you, maybe it was somebody else, but I was explaining recently, like, by the time I was 14, I was six foot, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I was playing basketball. I was heavily ingrained in blas- basketball. I had my own uh, my own little stall, actually, at a PCYC where I was selling trading cards and basketball cards. Did uh, you say PCYC then, in St. Kilda? Yeah. That's why. No, I, oh. no, PCYC in uh, Tweed Heads. Ah, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, they, yep, they, are, they, they are everywhere. All aren't the they? way there. Yeah, they are. Yep. Sorry, they're I play, everywhere. I play in the PCYC in Skilda. Yeah, uh, ACAB Police Citizens Youth Club. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just to put it in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and you know, I didn't. I never assumed that you were into basketball. Um, and and for those that don't know, Sam is uh, quite tall, reasonably <laughs> tall. Yes. Um, but also quite lanky and. Uh, uh, more ginger than I look. Uh, <laughs> I'm losing a lot of my ginger. Actually, I'm going grey, which is great. I want to go yeah. totally grey. Um, 
but no one would ever think that Sam would be into, um, you know, uh, skateboarding or yeah. basketball. But here we are, like, finding out, like, oh, Basketball's we actually have... the easy one, actually. You know, like, yeah, tall people We have heaps more in common yeah. than we realised. Skating's um, a massive, like, rabbit hole, too, because, I mean, we talked about before about team sports and what I learned, you know, trying to take basketball seriously because I always wanted to and I never got to at school. I did it in my mid-20s. And all of a sudden, I was in these cultures where they've been together for years uh, and they're really tight, but at the same time, everyone's about themselves, in, which is really ironic as a team sport. And I was like, oh, this is really hard to, like, kind of break through and actually become part of. And, you know, thankfully, I found one team that, you know, had a nice level that, that actually had some of those people we talked about before that were talented and not dicks. Like, I love that. But I always go back to surfing and skating. Uh, I don't really skate anymore, but surf when I can, and it's those cultures are something that are there for life and they you know they have people that even though we're doing a sport that's singular they have more teamwork than any of the team sports i've ever witnessed you know and um it's quite amazing so yeah full stop <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah like i said I'm, i want to get a hoop in the uh the driveway now i've got some space and you know when we can come around and shoot some hoops um but also Pick up a skater, like, you know, like do some flatland tricks again and give that a bit of fun. Like I haven't done that for years because my shins hate it, but, you know, I'm probably a bit too tall to do it. But, you know, that was always just something that's so special. Um, I'm just too old and fragile these days to do (laughs) things like skateboarding and surfing. And I've hit 42, so. Yeah. I mean, surfing's the one too. Like my dad is, uh, we, my family bodyboards a lot, Mm. all surf, but bodyboard is a massive thing, part of the big um run a lot of the kind of competitions down on the peninsula and stuff down near home uh and and seeing that culture especially is one where it's such an, a nice welcoming space um and bodyboarding is awesome if you want to check it out like it's it's depending they, on where you surf well i was going to say that the cultural kind of thing of that like they often get a lot of crap from the surfers but you know yeah as in like That's what doing- i was about to say like um i know gold coast especially like be careful where you surf um, oh, totally. And then Gold Coast gets really territorial at times. And it's like, yeah, it's, that, they, it shouldn't they be what it's about. It really shouldn't. And, exactly. And like, I, I used to surf with guys like Oki back in the day. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, for those that don't know, that's like quite quite a well-known, respected Australian surfer. Yeah, with world multiple world titles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and like, we used to hang out and surf all the time. Um, much older than I am. <laughs> but uh, like, my introduction to Oki was... Um, Oki pulling me out of the surf after I got king hit on a wave. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I went in on a wave and, and one of the local, quote-unquote locals, even though I was a local, yeah, like, um, didn't honey, realize yeah. that I was also a local and fell in on my wave and punched me in the side of the face, yeah. you know. I didn't know what was going on. And the next thing I know, I'm being pulled out of the water coughing and spluttering by yeah. Oki, you know, which is hilarious. Like, going back to the Don't Meet Your Heroes, Oki was one of the ones I'm yeah, happy to people, you know? exactly. I had Especially that with like, Mick Fanning. We surfed with him one day. I was like, oh, he's, mm. cool. he's got a good dude, you know? Like, I love it. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of those guys are just like, because they're like the old school surfers and they, they come from like a good block of, you know, of of hippie vibe surfers. You exactly. Know, the, the surfers I, was, that I was about were, to say spiritual in a way. Like, and, yeah. and that's where I was kind of touching on that my dad's, 60s uh and he's mm-hmm. still active he's, he climbs trees for a living that kind of thing but he inspires me every day that to show that that's what i'm going to be doing i'm going to be surfing and he's taught me about what it means to you personally so we seek out the quiet places you know but at the same time the culture thankfully down on the peninsula is nice that 
a lot of actually the bodyboarders actually surf and a lot of the surfers actually bodyboard at the same time they mm-hmm. they respect which is nice but yeah but uh, yeah like just the gold coast can be a bit oh totally i surf there once or twice <laughs> and it's like oh you, you they're like where are you from and i'm like it was winter and as a victorian we're you know used to the freezing cold water and we were there in board shorts in winter and they're all wearing wetsuits because comparatively like it was so warm I'm like this is amazing they're like where are you from <laughs> you're not from here are you and they're like well i'm like victoria and he's like yeah shows i was like oh get stuffed <laughs> anyway. yeah pretty much i <laughs> uh, digress um i was gonna ask actually jr uh any have you met any nhl figures or like you know hockey um people you've looked up to yeah actually um someone on one of my hockey teams uh is a season pass holder which is a very expensive and hard to get thing okay, and occasionally there's like events and stuff that they have for season pass holders and he couldn't go. And so my wife and I went pretending to be him. (laughs) Um, And that was really cool. I got to meet Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom and uh, Mike Green and and just pretty much the entire team. Wow. Um, And that was really cool. And my wife is Russian and Alex Ovechkin, I I don't know if you've heard of him, is like probably the biggest, if not maybe like the second biggest star in all of the NHL. Wow. Um, and he's Russian, obviously. And so Very that was huge. really cool. Oh, I love it. And and that were just nice people as well. Yeah. Hockey players, I find like professional hockey players, like a lot of them are Canadian. And they're, I was about to say. Just, very, <laughs> they're just very kind yeah. and humble most of the time. Um, you know, so I, I, I love it was that. a really good experience with all of them. Really cool. I love that thing. The theme we're bringing back to is just, you know, that meeting people that are of considerable status and just being a nice person is, it should be expected in a way, but it's not always the case. And it's it's actually just a nice surprise. Um, even like I say, it's, you know, is it too much to ask someone just to be a reasonable person and not be a dick? But yeah, exactly. Apparently, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> as I said before, so basketball-wise in Washington, D.C., um, you follow it a little bit, I imagine. Um, how much, yeah, how much have you been involved with basketball and, and uh, you know, do you know about what's going on and everything? Help Chesh along his uh, merry way with learning about what's happening in the last 20 <laughs> years in basketball. It's been so long. Uh, I don't follow basketball too closely. Uh, yep. You know, I go to a Wizards game here and there. Oh, man, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> just a Wizards game. Um, ah, man. That's great. Yeah, just um, – and yeah, I've been to like a couple of Celtics games, like up in Boston and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's it's not something that I follow actively. Yeah, let's say, but I I know generally that what's going on. Yeah, cool. I'm um I'm actually really excited for the Wizards, you know, in the next couple of years because they've found an identity where they're like, you know what, defense. If we're not doing it that much, whatever. Let's just min max the offense, and that that can be really fun. And so they've just been a fun team to kind of you know. You don't like being wildly successful at the moment, but uh, Bradley Beal's kind of staying there for what seems like the the time being and kind of committing to a team, even though he probably could go elsewhere and find more success, which I think I do admire if he's going to do that. Uh, I love the story of Ryu Hachimura, um, the uh, Japanese player. And I think he's going to be really, really cool. And, you know, um, his, his cards currently are, are spiking, by the way. Yeah. And because, I mean, he's, I think, his demeanor, if you talk about 
uh, sports stars and, and the way people carry themselves and everything, his demeanor is incredible because from he's the type of person he's been playing on a national team, you know, and he already knows he is quite a massive representative for Japanese basketball. And he's, he shows a maturity beyond his years and, and a focus and everything, which is just like, wow, I think he's got the goods to do something pretty remarkable in his career. Um, Plus he's Japanese and like, let's, let's just face it. Like there's the respect that comes from, exactly. if you've ever seen Japanese baseball, the respect that comes out of Japanese baseball is, is crazy. Like they are so stringent on how they interact with fans, how they interact with media, you know, yeah. it, it carries over from everything else they do. So seeing a basketballer from Japan, like mm. this is a thing that, that many years ago was unheard of. Yeah. There's only been you just, a handful. You never did. Like, especially like on an American team, like what when when did this happen? Yeah. You know, like wrestling's been doing this for like 20 years, He's 30 really years, too. 40 years, but yeah. Yeah. You know, like for basketball to be moving in the right direction about like, okay, well, you know, maybe we should look at, you know, what else we can, who else we can get from overseas well, because they've done it in the past, but like this the, dude is that's just- That's a massive theme in the last 20 years. I think you'll, you'll be delighted to see. And I'll, I'll, I want to compile a few retrospectives if I possibly can to kind of give that mm -hmm. outline. You've got Dirk Nowitzki, a German player who, one of the greatest players ever, you know, he- um, has had an amazing 20-year career or so and, you know, absolute hero of the game. Um, he changed a lot of things after, like, Tony Kukoc came in the late 90s. Kind of he set a bit of a tone, Drazen Petrovic in the in the 90s as well. Uh, and then you've got, you'll probably be aware of Giannis Antetokounmpo now and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, growing up in Greece and just an amazing, humble person, hard worker. But a, a skill set you've never, ever seen anything like in the game. He's just an absolute... Like you, he's got the nickname Freak. I, I really don't like that nickname. It's like, it's not cool, but he's 6'11", just moves like a gazelle and a stretch Armstrong, you know, like it's, wow. he, you, he just dominates people and it's, and it's, but he's a nice guy. There's a great mm. story. Like when he had his rookie contract, he sent all his money straight back home his, his first week and he was just walking down Milwaukee because, you know, he couldn't afford the bus <laughs> and someone just picked him up. It's like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I sent all my money back home. It's like, you're a legend because <laughs> my brothers and my mum and, and, you know, my family. Well, it, it's, it's like, um, oh, I can't remember his name. He was signed back in the late 90s. It took ages before he actually came and played it. Not like Sabonis or something. No, it wasn't. Sub oh, was it Sabonis? He's seven three, seven four. Blazers, the, the one that and played he was, with. He was in the thirties. In his thirties, once he got to play, anyway. It might have been. Yeah, but they were like, by the time that he got to America and was playing in America, he was sending like, because of of his home country, there was like certain sanctions and stuff on sending actual money. Oh yeah. So. He would he would send like literally like TVs and stuff like that over, <laughs> just objects, and like yeah. black market it basically, yeah, yeah. like so his family could like live a really nice comfortable wow. life. And it's just like crazy to hear stuff like that, but like it makes so much sense as well. But yeah, like mm. finding out over the last like twenty years that you know, even with the whole like diversity thing, like Dennis Rodman, everyone used to think he was you know, gay or bisexual yeah. and he was, you know, had, Quite had a reputation weird. for yeah. like, yeah, for getting punch-ons and stuff because I love people Dennis Rodman. were, yeah, people were obviously like, oh, he's a bit weird, that one. And he's just like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just trying to be me. Like, I'm simply mm. trying to fit your, like, 
you know, my my square peg in your round hole. And, like, and <laughs> I mean, think of that that time was very, you know, prejudice and and then judging and you know that kind of thing. Oh, and, yeah. and he still did what he wanted to do, which was to his credit was amazingly <laughs> effective and an incredible person. Like it's just I'm not saying everything he did was always right or anything, but who is you know he? But I think to his credit, he did more for you know personal kind of freedom and creativity and you know then a lot of other people felt they had to be this kind of person he he did more for basketball than most other players of his time yeah let's let's be honest now he's a bit batshit and crazy um but even then, I think, I think with Jing, Jin, yeah, Jin, who knows? And I, I yeah, Kim Jong Un. I, I think he's even said it's like he's just like, oh, we just have fun, and it's like, oh, that's fine. Like, but I, I have no I, idea. I'm I sure no I'd idea. have fun hanging out with a dictator too. Oh, just, um, he's just an enigma, I think. Like it's just who who even knows, and that's that's kind of fun, and until it's not, I guess you know, like I don't think <laughs> <laughs> who knows. But yeah, I was going to ask but, actually yeah. on that note, uh, NHL, uh, a bit like Chesh actually, J- um, Jr. I'm actually no, not really. Like Chesh, Chesh, Chesh has a uh, understanding of basketball from the '90s, and I'm just kind of filling him in. But NHL is something I've been so interested to kind of infiltrate for years and like get a get a gist of and find a team and um, that kind of thing. But we touched on how the inter- international game kind of influences a lot. Um, what's that kind of like in ice hockey? Is it do you, is it the European influence has changed things over the years, or like it's Canadian at the same time? Yeah, I think the NHL is kind of, it's weird because there's such a large barrier to entry. I think I think it's very expensive um, just to like even operate an ice rink. Mm. Um, and then the equipment is expensive. And so international development in countries that aren't regularly frozen is just very difficult in general. Mm. So um, it, it is ticking up a bit, like, there's teams now in like the Middle East and there's, um, you know, China has been working really hard uh, for the winter Olympics coming up to try and make a, a good team. Um, so yeah, there's, there are interesting, there is interesting stuff happening, but mm. it, it is primarily like Northern, very Northern countries. Um, Russia, Sweden, Finland, just produces goalies apparently just like a goalie <laughs> factory uh, so all those kinds of cu- countries so no i love it um i was going to say and final point to touch on is um i got really excited yesterday that um they unleashed the uh the identity for the new seattle team as well which looks like they're going to be playing in key arena um which i've followed the seattle thing for years so where they're trying to get a basketball team back um, side note too, this kind of wraps into entertaining reading an amazing book called Boomtown by Sam Anderson, which is about the history of the Oklahoma City Thunder and also Oklahoma City as a pretty wild place on the planet. Like the history of that city is bizarre. That's all I'll say. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've wanted Sonics back and I think they've deserved a team for a long, long time. And, you know, part of that whole thing for years was like, well, we're on the hockey team too. And maybe that is... Uh, a step and helps with the basketball team some people said maybe not even like it seemed like the Seahawks or the Mariners were almost like we don't want another team um you know like for market share and all that stuff and it's like well but it's basketball they're all different things you know but 
you know, all in all, I think it's got to be a positive thing that now Seattle has a hockey team. Um, they're quite north as well. But, yeah, the branding, pretty interesting. A few people are like, uh, you know, do we need another blue, white and red team, uh, which I know is definitely palette-wise um, some diversity in that front is probably needed in the NBA. Like a lot of teams are blue, white and red. Um, but at the same time, there's Seattle Kraken, which was just like, well, you know, this is a name even that goes back to, what I love in magic too, strangely enough. So, um, but I was like, you know what, if there's a, there's a team to jump on now, I'd love to watch Seattle, but at the same time, JR, as you, you mentioned before, I should probably be, ta- um, paying attention to Washington. Um, thanks to, uh, we've got the, only, is it the only Australian player? Well, you know, a lot of people pick an East and West team. That's a good point so, actually. Yeah. yeah. I've done that you before pick- in basketball. Yeah, you could pick the Kraken as your as your West team. Yeah, and, and the Capitals as your East team. Yeah, I love it. Is there any um, you know, like when the the Raptors or the Grizzlies started up, or like even the Bobcats? It's like, is is there a culture that you've noticed anything about? You know, people are like, oh, they're the new team. It's like whatever, and you know, make fun of the new fans or anything. No, not really. I mean, they they have a really good system set up for. Um, getting new teams good players so essentially the new teams get to draft from all the existing teams that's right and And they have a protected list type thing yeah exactly uh so like the vegas golden knights were like a new team a couple years ago oh of course i forgot about that they broke records yeah and yeah (laughs) yeah i mean that's kind of like a big joke for for new teams in a sport anyway yeah Right, but it was like for, for like years after that, people would always say the historic season, you know, like it's a historic break, record breaking. Um, but yeah, they went all the way to the Stanley Cup final their very first season, um, mm. which is, you know, uh, and thankfully the Capitals won. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, they'll probably be pretty good. I think that's it. Oh, cool, cool. Now I look forward to it. But um, yeah, I think that might be a um, a good place to rasp. Uh, to there, what am I missing? My word <laughs> to rasp it up. Rasp it up. I'm going to rasp it up. Uh, to wrap it up and um, kind of uh, conclude what has been a largely uh, you know a great magical chat, but um, a nice big quota of sport, which I'm very happy to you know include in from time to time. It's been awesome, but. Um, JR. I wasn't going to rant on, on product this time, damn it. <laughs> no, that was good. I think I actually like where you, your, your kind of, your conclusion of it was like, but here's, you know, you, you can have yeah. a rant, but like, here's, here's what I think would work. That's always mm-hmm. important, I think, because I hate to say it, but as magic consumers, sometimes we can be, you know, a bit of a rowdy crowd and, you know, like as if they owe us something, but, you know. Yeah. To some extent, maybe you can argue they do, but like because we kind of support it for years, but they don't really. They don't really owe us anything. But um, you know, I think we all just want to see our game in a safe space, like as in for the future and everything. But wrapping mm-hmm. up to you know what they've said about paper magic and the future and things like spell table. Thanks, Jr. I I absolutely do see it in a positive space, and you know, I'd just say. Buy only, pro- buy only the products you need. Don't ever feel like you need to buy anything particularly to stay current or anything. Hell, that's the whole thing about Commander, you know. We don't have to buy every release that comes out. Sometimes we do. We don't have to, though, you know. You can play with cards 10 years ago. You can not touch a deck for 10 years, and that's fine, you know. Some cards may get banned, whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, have fun, um, you know. Respect the people around you and enjoy the gathering, like JR said. But, um, 
Yeah, JR, thank you so much uh, for joining us this awesome, um, well, what is afternoon now in Australia, but um, hopefully not too <laughs> late your time. But, uh, Thanks for having me. It's been a joy, it's man. A... I'd love to have a commander yeah. game soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Use I the like service. To play. Uh, awesome. Maybe I need to get a goat ship and we can all play goat ship ghost ships together. Oh, skeleton ship. Yeah, man. <laughs> skeleton ship, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Can would, we do, you know I mean? Let's do a skeleton <laughs> ship brew off. Yeah, do a different theme. <laughs> I mean, I was saying before, it's like you said about proliferate. That's like the obvious route, but there's so many things you can do. You can do pirates. You can do skeletons. I'm just going to make mill. <laughs> yeah, true. Blue, black, just that's the way to go. Man, I, I just mill everyone. Rexiel's still one of my favorite commanders of all time, and he was the first thought I had when um, Seattle announced the Kraken. So, um, but yeah, so JR, where can people find you and your amazing, amazing product? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Spelltable, um, spelltable.com if you're looking to play some webcam EDH or really any format. Um, coming up very shortly, we have Gen Con online. Uh, you can go to pastimeevents.com to register for events, and they'll be using Spelltable for their paper events. Huge as far as I know, yeah, as far as I know, this is the first time people are going to be using it in a competitive manner. Ooh, cool. Uh, so that's pretty neat. And then later on in the August, August 22nd and 23rd, we have Command Fest 2 coming up, yeah, which I'm excited really excited. Uh, partnering with uh, Channel Fireball on that again. Uh, so yeah, check out those events. Check out spelltable.com and follow us on the old Twitter. Twitters. Uh, Chesh, where can uh, the folks find you? Well, you can find me at Cheshire Breaks on <laughs> YouTube, He's a Twitter, guy and now. Facebook. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, just look up for Cheshire Breaks. Uh, you can find me at Cheshire Plays Games on YouTube and Twitch, or Cheshire Plays on twitter for all of my magic stuff again if you're interested in like basketball breaks and yeah. sam and i discussing those basketball breaks as i do them uh you know those videos having, are gonna I, be I five guess... hours because of that <laughs> oh yeah i'm gonna I, I look i i'm gonna assume that the I'll videos are gonna be like 30 minutes to an hour um i just think it's gonna be like us you know cracking some hopeful value but more or less just talking about basketball yeah, and retraining your you path know. route and telling the, the history as we go that'd be really cool yeah i yeah, love it exactly just having a good and, time and hopefully i can crack some kawaii yeah i've got my kawaii Ka- rookie Kali. auto here Ka- that kawaii. I've, I've, kawaii kawaii absolute legend <laughs> love that guy um yeah yeah i'm a bit jealous of your auto rookie to be honest <laughs> yeah we crack that from a premium product like you say it's um and mm-hmm. they know how to do premium product uh, so good. You can find me at Past the Jam Sam on Twitter, pretty much, um, and then you know sometimes on Cheshire's videos. But overall, you can find us at uh, cmdrcrunch.fireside.com is our website. Twitter at cmdr underscore crunch. Instagram cmdr crunch. Why didn't we get the same tag for those? I'm a, I'm a moron. Whoops. <laughs> um, and uh, send us emails, uh, thoughts, feedback pictures of cephalids, thoughts on sports and magic and philosophy to cmdrcrunchpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and I'll point out pictures of cephalids not have lumps. No. <laughs> exactly. All right. I've been Sam. Oh, I've been Chash, I guess. And that's been JR. Uh, and have an awesome time, guys. We'll catch you next week. Boy. Boy. Bye.
Chess, do you want to start us off? I sure do. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Command of the Distancing, and we've got a very... That's not what we're doing. What? Oh, wrong one. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about, mate. No, exactly. No? I mean, we are technically doing 